You're listening to Comedy Central. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. I'm Trevor Noah. It is Tuesday. And as you can see, although many people around the country are going back to their offices, we are still not allowed to go back to the studio because I rented it out on Airbnb to some dude from Norway, and now he refuses to leave. Anyway, on tonight's show, coronavirus is extending its visa. Jeffrey Epstein's alleged accomplice has been foiled, and President Trump might be finding a new job. So let's do this, people. Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is the Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah. Ears edition. Let's begin with California home to the most gorgeous Emmy voters in the nation. Sup, y'all. One month ago, the Golden State announced that it was doing a good enough job fighting the coronavirus that restaurants, stores, and other businesses could welcome customers back in. The bad news is, one of those customers was coronavirus. California, the home state of nearly one out of eight Americans, is making an abrupt U-turn to try to roll back a surge in coronavirus infections. California has recorded nearly 110,000 new cases in the last 14 days, including another 8,000 yesterday. COVID-19 is not going away anytime soon. Just over one month after reopening several sectors of California's economy, Governor Gavin Newsom is reversing course. Yesterday, he announced gyms, churches, and hair salons would be among those forced to close in 29 California counties, while bars, indoor restaurants, and movie theaters will close across the entire state. And the state's two biggest school systems said today they will only do distance learning in the fall. That's right. It might have taken a while for California to blow up again, probably because Corona was stuck in traffic on the 405, but now they've become the biggest state to roll back their reopening. Because you see, even though many of us have become bored of the coronavirus, the coronavirus is not bored of us. Coronavirus doesn't care about the news cycle. People are like, wow, did you hear about Will and Jada? And Corona's like, yeah, the only thing I'm trying to get entangled with is your lungs. And what's happening in California is a preview of what the next year is gonna look like for a lot of places. Gradually reopening, then shutting down when things get dangerous. 
This whole thing without a vaccine, without tracing, without enough testing, it's like, it's like trying to have sex in your parents' house. You know, things are ramping up. Then you hear something creak. It's your dad getting a snack in the kitchen. You gotta shut everything down till it's safe again, pull your pants back up. And California's unopening is also a good reminder that coronavirus is playing the long game, people. With numbers skyrocketing around the country, some of those very cocky statements that people were making just a few weeks ago haven't aged so well. Florida got it right, Texas got it right, and guess what? Now it's time for all the states to follow their lead. Governor DeSantis now looks like a genius. Ron DeSantis of Florida, the governor, doing a fantastic job in Florida. Governor, those dire predictions have not come true. They look to Florida and they look at Texas that have reopened and it hasn't led to a massive second wave. In a very real sense, uh, uh, Florida's leading the way. It's been two months and Florida has figured out how to manage this pretty effectively. Governor DeSantis, who's doing a phenomenal job in the state of Florida, which happens to be my great home state. I can't get to Florida or Texas fast enough. And I think there's plenty of people thinking the exact same way. How much longer are you gonna keep me out of your state? I would like to go visit. When Florida am I allowed record, back Sean? in? We're glad you're opening up. We're ready to have some sunshine <laughs> and get out of the house. It's great to be in Florida and I'm gonna be back here in a week. And I've always wanted to move to Texas. Now I think <laughs> I have to. Governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, he knows what he's doing. He's a great governor. Governor Greg Abbott, we can learn a lot from you and a lot from Governor DeSantis, but we can also learn a lot from Governor Cuomo and Governor Murphy what not to do because they did the opposite of what you guys did. Texas, Florida gave us clues. Take the success clues. The successes of Florida, Texas, the failures of New York, New Jersey. We gotta get the whole country open like Tennessee and Texas and Florida. He's got it in great shape, Texas. Florida's doing very well. Well, how did you do it? Because we need to learn as we reopen. Great job down there. Keep up the great work. You did a great job. Uh, you saved a lot of lives and there's a lot to learn from your success. Yeah, maybe not a great idea to take a victory lap in the middle of a pandemic. And I know there's a lot of politics tied up with who's rooting for which states and policies to succeed, but people, we need to understand coronavirus has no politics. It doesn't give a shit what state you live in. Coronavirus is the most bipartisan thing to happen to America since hating Jussie Smollett. And celebrating too soon and letting its guard down could basically guarantee that America is not going to beat this virus. But let's move on to one of the latest developments in one of the biggest true crime stories of the decade. It involves Jeffrey Epstein and his right-hand woman. Breaking news here, Ghislaine Maxwell, the longtime friend and confidant of Jeffrey Epstein, has been denied bail after pleading not guilty in court today. She's charged with helping Epstein sexually abuse underage girls. Her attorneys had wanted her release from jail due to coronavirus. Prosecutors, however, argued that she's a flight risk, saying that she ran from officers when she was arrested. During a search of the house where she was hiding, FBI agents reported finding a cell phone that was wrapped in tinfoil in an effort to evade detection. She has denied any wrongdoing. Wow. Ghislaine Maxwell was so paranoid that she wrapped her cell phone in tinfoil. And I'm not gonna lie, she's really a confusing woman. Because on the one hand, she allegedly ran Epstein's pedophile ring, but she also thinks wrapping her phone in tinfoil makes it untraceable? How is Ghislaine a criminal mastermind and everyone's grandma at the same time? I mean, if you're getting chased by the FBI, just get rid of your phone. How obsessed are you with your phone that you're like, I should ditch my phone so the FBI can't track me. Ooh, but then how will I check my mentions? But this arrest is big news. Because remember, 
other than Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell is the only person who potentially knows all the other men who were involved in this pedophile sex ring. And one of the big questions now is whether she's gonna implicate anyone else like Prince Andrew, which would be a major development because that story would absolutely dominate the British press. Unless of course, Meghan Markle bought the wrong kind of avocado that week or something. But other than that, it would be the top story. Meanwhile, in international news, there's a big story developing out of Hong Kong. For more than 20 years, the former British colony has operated independently from the authoritarian government in mainland China. But now, China seems to be cracking down. China is now lashing out at Western nations for taking action against its new national security law for Hong Kong. Beijing passed that new anti-sedition and subversion law that carries penalties like life in prison and secret trials on the mainland. And people are worried that this means the end of Hong Kong as we know it. After Beijing imposed that national security law on Hong Kong, China now says 600,000 people may have broken it. Over the weekend, all those people voted in a primary election organized by the city's pro-democracy opposition. The Chinese government calls the election illegal. Hong Kong officials say they are investigating. Yeah, basically what happened here is China promised that they would only use this new subversion law sparingly. And now a couple of weeks later, they're like, we're coming after 600,000 people who broke this law. 600,000 people, I mean, I guess when you're China, 600,000 people is sparingly, but still. And I think this is a terrible, terrible thing. You know, it is so undemocratic to arrest people who are voting against you. What you're supposed to do is just reduce the number of polling locations and tell voters that their IDs are incorrect because the picture has a black face. That's democracy. This is why it's frustrating when people in America don't use their right to vote. In any country, really. Right? Because in many countries around the world, you have to risk your freedom for that right. That's why I vote in everything I can. American Idol, Twitter polls, student council elections, everything. Yeah, I don't go to that school anymore, but if they can't get pizza Fridays, then none of us are free. Moving on. Let's check in with Tucker Carlson, Fox News primetime star and mom haircut model. Last week, Carlson's head writer was busted for having a secret account where he posted the most racist, homophobic, and misogynistic comments online. So Fox News got rid of the guy. But it appears Tucker Carlson might have some mixed feelings about how it all went down. Fox News host Tucker Carlson is publicly addressing the revelation his former head writer posted racist and sexist material. We should also point out to the ghouls now beating their chests in triumph at the destruction of a young man, that self-righteousness also has its costs. We are all human. When we pretend we are holy, we are lying. When we pose as blameless in order to hurt other people, we are committing the gravest sin of all, and we will be punished for it. There's no question. At the end of his show, Carlson announced he is heading on a, a long-planned vacation. Well, we're out of time. I'm gonna spend the next four days trout fishing. Long planned. This is one of those years where if you don't get it in now, you're probably not going to. Okay, first off, I love how every time Tucker Carlson gets in trouble, he takes a planned vacation in the middle of the week. The guy's packing his suitcase in the studio like, I've been planning this thing for a long time. I love starting a vacation midweek because the trout never expects you to show up on a Tuesday. Look, man, if you feel the need to say your trip was long planned, 
then you know it definitely wasn't because that's never a detail someone shares when they talk about a vacation. The trip was long planned. That's not something anyone says. This trip was planned as much as anyone plans to shit their pants a little bit when they fart while waiting in the line at Whole Foods, hypothetically speaking. And another thing, why is Tucker Carlson blaming the public for his head writer getting fired, right? Fox News chose to fire this person, not the public. And if Fox News fires you for being racist, then you're racist racist. The most confusing part of the story for me is why this guy made these racist posts in the first place. I mean, you already write for Tucker Carlson. Imagine writing racist shit for Tucker Carlson's show all day, and then you go home and write more racist shit in your time off. That would be like me relaxing before bed by doing a second daily show. And that's why Trump is racist. All right, good night, world. And finally, some news out of the White House. With America facing the worst unemployment since the Great Depression, the Trump administration has been looking for some way to help people get back on their feet. And what they've come up with is this. Ivanka Trump holding a virtual roundtable with Apple CEO Tim Cook and IBM executive chair Ginny Ramadi to launch a new ad campaign to help those out of work. It is called Find Something New. Right skills. Find an apprenticeship. I found a medical course online. I'm now a consultant in the tech space. You have more options than you think. You will find something. You will find something new. Okay, you know what? I don't hate this. Giving people training so that they can find new jobs is a great idea. It's just surprising that it came from someone who's never had to find a job in the first place. But you gotta admit, it's a little unfortunate that the Trump administration is working against itself. Because yeah, you say you're trying to help people find a new job, but your coronavirus response is also shutting down all of the jobs. And to be honest, I'm not sure many ordinary people who are looking for work are gonna get much out of these ads. I mean, there might be one person who could benefit from this program, you know? But those ads would need to be a little more targeted. Are you dissatisfied with your job? Work used to be fun, but now Corona has screwed up everything and no one wants to hang out with you at work. Well, maybe it's time you find something new. You could be a baseball player or a coal miner or even a cool cowboy. Yeehaw! So, if you're Donald Trump and don't want to be president anymore, find something new. I want to be a movie maker. Sure, why not? You could be anything. I want to be a cheerleader. Uh, maybe something else. But if you don't want to be president anymore, it's never too late to find a job more suited for your skill set. Find something new. Anything. Think about it, Donald. You look good in that truck. When we come back, we'll look at how the 2020 election is shaping up. Yeah, that's right. There's an election in November. Remember that? <laughs> I keep forgetting it too, because we'll all be dead. All right, we'll be right back. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms 
And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm David Axelrod, CNN's senior political commentator, former senior advisor to President Obama, and host of the Axe Files podcast. Join me each week as I interview key figures shaping our world from politics to the arts to sports and beyond. Listen on your favorite podcast app or ask your smart speaker to play The Axe Files with David Axelrod. Welcome back to The Daily Social Distancing Show. We are now just four months away from Election Day. So let's check in on the state of the presidential race with our continuing coverage of Votegasm 2020. If there's one thing everyone agrees on, the 2020 election will be a referendum on Donald Jiffy Lube Trump. If enough people love him, he'll get four more years. And if not, they'll pass the keys to Joe Biden. And so far, things are not looking good for President Bleachbard. In poll after poll, presumptive Democratic nominee Joe Biden is beating President Trump nationally by up to 14 percentage points. There's some bad news for the president in new polls in key states across the nation. Joe Biden is now leading Donald Trump by six points in Florida. He's tied in Arizona and competitive in Texas. Biden is actually ahead in Texas by five in a new Dallas Morning News poll. Joe Biden is wading into Texas with his first general election TV ad of this campaign. I'm thinking of all of you today across Texas. I know the rise in case numbers is causing fear and apprehension. This virus is tough, but Texas is tougher. We're all in this together. We'll fight this together. And together, we'll emerge from this stronger than we were before we began. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. That's a pretty great ad. And you know it was running in Texas because it was the first time Biden didn't mention that he has a black friend. But it is insane how comforting it is during this pandemic to simply have a candidate talk to us in a calming tone. You know, instead of yelling at the reporter that he hopes she gets crushed under a Confederate statue or something. I hope it falls on your head, smash, boom, bang, out of nowhere. And the mere fact that Biden is running ads in Texas should tell you how much trouble Trump is in right now. Because this means that Biden has a shot of turning Texas Democrat. Texas, imagine that. The last time something so red turned so blue was a very private incident that happened when I was 13 and home alone right after we first got internet. That is a story between me and my doctor. We should probably cut that out. Now, it's no big surprise that Trump is struggling in the polls. There's actually an old saying in American politics that letting a deadly pandemic kill everyone is bad for you, which is why some of Trump's allies are saying voters should just ignore all the disastrous stuff that's happening now and remember the good times. With Senate GOP candidates not mentioning Trump in ads and not wanting to hug him tightly, concerned about turning off more moderate voters, one GOP senator saying Trump will win because people will just sort of forget the last six months. The stakes are very high in this election, but you know why I know we're going to win? Because people remember how good their lives were in February. Remember February? 
You want us to remember February? I don't remember anything about my life pre-corona, anything. Like I keep getting these emails that say, we miss you, daddy. I just delete them. I'm pretty sure it's a phishing scam. I don't remember having a family. Seriously, nobody would make this kind of argument in any other job. Can't be like, yeah, I know I'm doing shit right now, but remember the good old days. You can't be a dog walker like, so I know I lost Fluffy, but you should have seen the walk we did in February. She pooped twice. But if the make America February again strategy seems like a long shot, there is one other thing Trump is trying. Instead of having the election be about whether or not people like him, he can try to make it a referendum on Joe Biden. And to do that, he needs to convince people that America under Biden will be even worse than it is now, which is what explains this new ad from the Trump campaign. You have reached the 911 police emergency line. Due to defunding of the police department, we're sorry, but no one is here to take your call. If you're calling to report a rape, please press one. To report a murder, press two. To report a home invasion, press three. For all other crimes, leave your name and number and someone will get back to you. Our estimated wait time is currently five days. Goodbye. Okay, I'm not gonna lie, that's a pretty good ad because it makes it seem like Joe Biden's America is gonna be a nightmare. 911 won't pick up your calls. That must be terrifying, especially to all the Karens who are calling cops on black people. Five days, I can't wait five days. I demand to speak to a manager now. So clearly Trump is going all in on fear, but Democrats don't seem to be too scared. In fact, some Democrats are so confident right now that they're already predicting a tsunami sized win in November with party leaders increasingly convinced that they'll not only win the White House, they'll win the Senate and the House too. And if that sounds a little too confident, well, maybe it's because you remember what happened 200 years ago in the 2016 election. It looks, according to the polls, like Hillary Clinton is gonna win easily. A lot of people have no idea that Trump is headed for a historic defeat. That's a guy who knows he's going to lose. I'm trying to be a little risk averse, in my predictions, but I think that she's going to have a very good night. So the technical term for that, if she's anywhere near your prediction would be blowout. Landslide. Mm, I give a landslide, I don't know. I would say a landslide. Love, man who says Hillary Clinton has a 100% chance of winning. So that means that that no scenario that we could lay out to get Donald Trump to 270 electoral votes is something he would buy. It's the Easter Bunny, okay? It doesn't exist. (laughs) This guy, in my view, is not gonna be elected president. And he never was. When we come back, Dulce Sloan catches us up on the census, and then we will talk to Hannibal Burris. Stay tuned. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take the dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized an already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. 
And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm David Axelrod, CNN senior political commentator, former senior advisor to President Obama, and host of the Axe Files podcast. Join me each week as I interview key figures shaping our world from politics to the arts to sports and beyond. Listen on your favorite podcast app or ask your smart speaker to play The Axe Files with David Axelrod. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. You know, with everything going on this year, it is easy to forget that 2020 is also a census year, which is when the U.S. government asks you all the questions they should know already from spying on our phones. But it turns out not everyone is interested in an accurate count. Our very own Dulce Sloan has more in another episode of Count On It. The census is here. And you might think, who gives a shit? The revolution is here too. But as I learned in my last installment, the census has a lot to do with how your community is treated. Participating in the census allows your community its fair share of over $800 billion in support for education, health, school lunches, highways. If you don't respond, your community is going to get cheated. But something doesn't add up. If an accurate count is as important as Bob says it is, you'd think the states would want to make sure they get their count right. But half the states don't spend any money on the census. Zero dollars. That's the same amount of money I've spent on Wi-Fi since I moved next to a Starbucks. To find out why, I called someone doing census outreach in Georgia. Jeanine! I need your help, friend. So some states don't want to be counted accurately? Explain to me what's going on here. So unfortunately, not all states have invested in the census. You have some states like California that have invested over $180 million, which is about $4 per person. But then on the other hand, you have the state of Texas, which is investing $0 in making sure they get a complete count. So you're saying that there are places that are not trying to get the census right. Why? When the census is done, Those numbers are used in a process called redistricting, which is a fancy word for redrawing voting districts all the way down to the school board level. If you're able to keep a certain type of person out of the census, then you also keep them out of the redistricting process, which redraws the maps and distributes political power. Now, when you say certain people, do you mean us? You know who I'm talking about. Anytime a map is unfairly drawn, the only way we have to fight it is on the basis of racial gerrymandering. And if you don't count all the races, if you don't have the complete demographic picture, then we don't have anything to stand on to fight unfair maps. A suppressed census leads to many of the problems we are seeing today, like disparities in healthcare, education, and representation. Okay. This all sounds like it makes sense, but it also sounds like a conspiracy theory for a very good movie. (laughs) Am I being paranoid? I'm not being paranoid, right? You're not being paranoid, Dulce. And we have evidence to back it up. If you remember, 
the Trump administration tried to add a citizenship question to the census. That's the Supreme Court shut down. They were working with the guru of gerrymandering, Thomas Hoffeller. When he died, his daughter found his hard drive. And on those hard drives, there was a study out of Texas where he found that if you added a citizenship question to the census, it would benefit the Republican Party and white voters. No conspiracy, data, straight facts. You gotta work so hard to be so shady. There's one more thing that we- Ma'am! If you don't complete the census and you don't answer the door, the Census Bureau uses a process called imputation. If you are a black woman living in a place that is majority white and you don't respond to the census, then they say, hey, this person might be a white guy. You're telling me if I don't turn in the census paperwork and don't fill it out online and then don't answer the door when they come to my house because you know that I'm not answering the door. I could be a white man in the eyes of the U.S. government? Could be. Uh-uh, uh-uh. The only time I want to be assumed to be white is when the cops show up. In the same way, when we talk about voter suppression, the same thing is true for census suppression. So wait, so I have to worry about police oppression, voter suppression, and census suppression too? There's too many Eshens. That's what they want, Dulce. They want you to be overwhelmed so that you just throw your hands in the air and say, forget it. But we can't do that. We have to fight back. To fight voter suppression, we got to fight census oppression. And that's why my sister Stacey Abrams started two organizations that do just that. So when you say sister, you mean like sister or like sister sister? We got the same mom and daddy. Your sister Stacey Abrams? Yeah. Oh, then you know firsthand how important it is to count people in the state of Georgia. It was shady how they did her. They're doing all of this to discourage us, but what we have to do is show them that we see them. We see that you are leaving certain communities out and stripping away their political power, and we can't let them win. Because they wouldn't be doing all of this stuff if it wasn't important for us to take it. Yep. So please, y'all, take the census just to let all those shady manipulators know we see you. Thank you so much, Dulce. And if you live in America, you have until the end of October to get your census forms in. All right, when we come back, I'll be talking to the one and only Hannibal Burris. So don't go away. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take the dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm David Axelrod 
CNN senior political commentator, former senior advisor to President Obama, and host of the Axe Files podcast. Join me each week as I interview key figures shaping our world from politics to the arts to sports and beyond. Listen on your favorite podcast app or ask your smart speaker to play The Axe Files with David Axelrod. Welcome back to The Daily Social Distancing Show. Earlier today, I spoke with comedian Hannibal Burris about his new stand-up special, which is currently streaming on YouTube. It's called Miami Nights. You ever think you were depressed, but you just really needed a haircut? <laughs> and you got a haircut, like, what was I worried about? I'm fresh as f-. Lord, why art thou forsaken me, God? Miami cop who arrested Hannibal Burris caught choking man after fireball bitch. <laughs> Hannibal Burris, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. How you doing, my dude? I'm good. What's up, man? How's it going? I'm good, but I, I just want to understand, did you, did you create, is your background that you've chosen my studio that I can't be in right now? Is that what you've done? Yeah, because I want to, I'd rather do that. Too. This is, where's, enough with the hoodies, man. <laughs> uh, for real? Come on, man. Enough with the hoodies. And do it, do the show in a bigger room in your house. You can't fool us doing it somewhere narrow. We know. <laughs> how are you? How are you doing? I want to know. I, I miss you, Hannibal, as a human being. Like I feel like I miss you as a as a human being. I miss you as a friend. I miss you as a fan. I there was a period where like I felt like Hannibal Burris was everywhere. I was watching your stand up, and then it was like a series of events, and then I you like disappeared. You know, it was like Hannibal Burris called out Bill Cosby. And then Hannibal Burris was in Miami getting arrested and I'm and like you like talking to a cop and then they were like Hannibal Burris is released and then Hannibal Burris was gone and now you're back with a brand new special. Tell me a little bit about your life. Those are three years apart, those two things. I was out, I was I was making rap songs. I was uh I was doing animated uh film voice, I was doing birthday parties too, just just for the love of the game, just kind of practicing magic. Hanging out, it was a good time. Listen, man, I I I have this backdrop, right? I'm tired of doing stuff in my crib, man. I drove, I left my house this morning and just drove around to act like I was going to a, a television set. You know what I'm saying? I drove around and I like stopped and I went somewhere else, and then I just tried to make it feel like, and I had my I had somebody act like I was driving onto a a lot. I had somebody act like a security guard at the front of my place and say, "Are you? What are you here for? I'm here for the Daily Show." I had to. I'm. I'm just trying to create a world, man. Everything's gone. I'm trying to get it back. I remember your special was supposed to be launched at South by Southwest, and yeah. then literally just as South by Southwest was about to kick off, it got canceled. Right. And then I was like, "What's going to happen to Hannibal's special?" And then you just put it out on YouTube for free. Huh. I just. Uh, I wanted to put it out on, on YouTube just to, to see how it goes, man. The world is crumbling. So I tried to do something different than I would have normally done because the whole world is different. Touring has changed. Life is in a different space. So I said, yeah. why not try something spontaneous that, that fits the current time? So that's why I decided to go with YouTube I, I, for a little I, bit. I, Who knows? I really enjoyed how you addressed everything. Like, I mean, it felt like a lot of the things you were addressing in the special have become more timely than ever before because 
you got arrested by a policeman for basically, I mean, not treating him the way he wanted to be treated is essentially what happened. And you, you tell the story. I mean, you, you, you tell it really amazingly in the special. I don't even want to, like, try and butcher the joke or the story. But you, you make a joke by, uh, about it. But when you were getting arrested by this cop in Miami, you talk about how you didn't want to get shot in the face. And you, you know, you, you tell it in a lighthearted way. But was there a moment when, when, you, were, when you really feel, feared for your life in that thing? Or, or were, you just, were you just, like, so blazed that you were like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm drunk and I'm having a good time? No, because he followed me into the bar after our initial interaction was over. And so that was, that was pretty jarring because it was, it was pretty much done. We had words and he said, leave. And then I left and went into the bar. And then he comes into the bar and I'm like, what are you doing in the bar? We finished talking. And then he says, leave the bar. And I'm like, what do you mean leave the bar? You just asked me to leave there. And I left there. It came into the bar. And so he's like, you gotta leave. And I'm like, whoa, this is this is different. And so I don't, I don't know how completely scared, but I was baffled in the moment just because he kind of he escalated the situation when he didn't have to. He could have stayed where he stayed and I could have just went about my way. And so that was the part where like, whoa, this this could get dicey because he's he's acting out of order. I want to talk to you about Hannibal Burst, the human being though. Like you, you've always been, especially for your fans, you've always been somebody who's like loved drinking and loved having these crazy stories of a drunken night out. And then, and then I guess after this inf- incident, you're like, I'm quitting alcohol and, and I'm done. Why, why did you make that decision? Well, I didn't quit right away. I had three crazy weeks and then I quit after that. Uh, but what, after that though, I really had to just look at my time drinking over the years and kind of really do a, a kind of an audit and really look at the whole thing and situations and things I said and things that happened and embarrassing stuff. And it wasn't, it, it, was, it wasn't sustainable anymore. Yeah. It, it was just really looking like, hmm, this is, this is not a good, this is not a good list right here. It's, 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 so it, I had to just really take it out of, and, and, and after that, I kind of, my face slimmed down when I stopped drinking. It was, it was too much sugar. I was drinking Jameson ginger ale. So my, I was looking at old pictures. I look at old pictures from 2015, 2016. I'm like, whoa, you were drinking a lot. You know what's weird for me is like, when you say something like, I thought that was your face because that's how I met you. <laughs> no, but you get because when you meet someone, you meet someone. I don't, I don't like meet anyone and be like, you should look different. I just meet people and I'm like, that's you. And so when I met you, I was like, that's you. And then I saw you like after all of this, and I was like, man, Hannibal's had a tough time. His face is really slimmed down. Because you see it as a positive thing, and I thought it was like a sign of distress. But now I realize this is actually your healthy face, and now I feel bad that I knew you with that face and I didn't say anything. And the thing is, I thought that was my face too. Because uh, I, it was my face, and I'm like, yo, this is my face. This is as good as it gets. Yeah, this is as good as it gets for head shape and eye color and the whole thing. What are you What are you doing now? Are you, I mean, I know, like, some comedians, you know, like Michael Chase trying to do comedy in, like, a parking lot where people are, like, spaced out, and Dave Chappelle's got, like, an outdoor comedy club, and are you doing stand-up? Are you out? Are you, is there anything you can do that's a semblance of normal? Uh... 
I I want to do a a drive-in tour of Miami Nights, and um, do I've been seeing a lot of drive-in events popping up lately, so it'd be dope to do that and have you know and DJ show some videos and and do some shows like that. So um, I want to I want to do that next month. Have a and that would be nice to put the special on a on a big screen. Right. And hang out in their car. I think the drive-in stuff is is really popular because the people, you know, it, it, we lost a lot of control in our world. And you go to places, you putting on that, you gotta, you know, get your temperature taken at places. So when people come to drive-ins, I think they like, I still have my car right here, and I have, you know, I'm in my. This is my car, and we're able to enjoy something. So uh, I want to do a little tour. That'll be that'll be fun to get it out like that. Well, you know what, man? I, I'm excited to have you back. I was I'm waiting for a new special. I'm excited to have Hannibal Burris with the new face, with the new jacket in my yeah, old man. studio. And uh, yeah, I, everyone should go out and watch the special. And uh, I hope to see you soon in person, my friend. Michelle, peace, travel. Look after yourself. I'm in. Thank you so much, Hannibal, for easily the weirdest interview we've done on the show. That's our show for tonight. But before we go... America is facing a nationwide poll worker shortage. And because most poll workers are over 60, and with COVID still in the air, they are understandably not showing up. But fewer poll workers means fewer polling stations open, and it means longer lines that not everyone can afford to stay and wait in, especially in communities of color. But the good news is, most poll working is paid. And in some states, you can be as young as 16 to do it. So if you're interested, and you have the time, this is your chance to save granny, protect democracy, and get some of that money too. So sign up at the link below to learn more. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, and everyone who's going on a Tuesday vacation, have fun. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously. And that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.